Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the uh, weekly music podcast. This is the this is the part of the the show, the weekly show, where we do our six degrees with Tom DeLonge. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that is like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with Tom DeLonge. Uh, then we also rank all of the albums uh, from whatever band we're doing this week, and we're doing Boston. We're gonna rank their six records, Dope. and uh, we're gonna go from worst to best. And go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S Night Radio. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundred miles away. Way out there, the there's Jeff. Now, Jeff, Dude, let's uh, let's get into about? the rankings. Let's get into their. Let's get into Boston's worst record. Uh, they're n- the number six. What do you have for this band? Go. Are we not doing the Tom Six Degrees? Oh, we're doing do, 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 No, we are. We are. I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. Let's get into the Six Degrees of Tom DeLonge. You got I'm, a, I'm a, a little overzealous. A that's fine. That's all right. I you did. got a little excited. I was talking way too fast, sure. and that's what happens when I talk sure. way too fast. Sure. I get ahead of myself. Sure. So what do you... Okay, so I have two. You have one, correct? Correct. Correct. So then I'll start with mine first. This one was, uh, was kind of difficult. It was. Um, because... The main guy, Tom Scholz, has only ever done Boston, and the other members, it's just they haven't really done anything. Well, there's, so there's w- really only one member of this band. Yeah. Kind of true. two. Everyone else is just like a hired gun. Yeah, hired gun, yeah. So these two are kind of hired guns, but they are technically a part of Boston as well. And uh, I st- we'll start with Gary, Gary Pill, Gary Peel. I don't know how to pronounce his Gary. last name, but... Gary, uh, he's he's the current guitar player, or he he was the guitar player for Boston, um, and he this guy Gary he played with Sammy Hagar for a while. Uh, Sammy Hagar was in Van Halen with David Lee Roth, or not with David Lee Roth, but they were both in Van Halen at some point. Uh, then David Lee Roth uh, in his in his band during the '90s and the 2000s, Ray Luzier was the drummer for the band. Uh, Ray Luzier is also the drummer for Corn. Corn uh, have worked with John Feldman uh, a few times over the last couple of years, and then John Feldman to Blink, Blink to Tom. There you go. Had to do it. Had to go through Feldy because this was hard. This was a hard one. I didn't want to, but I but I had to. So what do you got for your uh, six degrees of Tom DeLonge? Yeah. So uh, mine is one of the main members of Boston. Um, okay. The secondary main member, but Brad Delp, Mr. Mr. BD, Brad BD. Delp. He played in a group called Return to Zero, RTZ, mm-hmm. um, in the 90s. And in that album, he played along with this guy named Jerry Hay. Jerry. Like, hey, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Hay played trumpet. So that's one. Uh, Jerry Hay played on John Mayer's album, The Search for Everything. Obviously, he played with John Mayer. Yes. John Mayer appeared on Mac Miller's song Small Worlds from Mac Miller's fifth album Swimming. Interesting. Uh, okay. Mac Miller dated a one Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. And you could probably guess 
where the connection will be. But Ariana Grande appeared on a song called You Are What You Eat, but spelled like with the letter U, the letter R, what you eat. Yeah. With Travis Barger. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know she did a song with Travis. But like the, the connection between Ariana Grande and Blink could could really have only been like one person. Yeah, but I thought you were going to go the... I thought you were going to say somehow she was related to the Kardashians and then mm. Kardashian to Travis. That's that, what I thought you were going to do. That 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 comp was um that comp was some weird comp to promote like like healthy lifestyles for Americans, maybe even oh, like God. the like like the world, but like like healthy eating, stuff like that. But the entire comp was just filled with bullshit artists like that. So, <laughs> it was probably that probably that Michelle Obama thing that she was trying to push for. Oh yeah. Like good, good, good quality, good quality school lunches. (laughs) I was like total bullshit. Yeah. Cause all the fucking kids were like fucking trying to trade their one apple slice or their, their fit. No, their 15 apples for like one candy bar. Like like you just can't, you can't force kids to eat healthy at school. That's not where that's not what school was there for. No, not at all. Nobody I knew in school ate healthy. No, Nobody. why would no you? No kid in school. There's no, no parents. Why a, the you, fuck would you eat you would healthy? Either, you would either throw the, the healthy food away or you would throw it at people. Like literally yes. there was no other use for, <laughs> for the healthy food. That's what we all did. So It's like going to a fucking, yeah. it's, it's like going to a party and not getting drunk and, and embarrassing yourself. That's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so you got that one. Um, this next one, the final one, I guess. We start with Beth Cohen. She is the keyboard player for boston she has been since 2015 beth cohen uh was oh she also plays guitar with boston but prior to boston she uh she played with pink she did a lot of sessions with pink uh recorded a lot of music with her and then uh if you don't know ava gardner has been the bass player for pink Mm. for since like 2005 or 2006 or something like that and Ava Gardner was the original bass player for the Mars Volta. She played on the Tremulant EP. She played on. She wrote, co-wrote some of the songs on Deloused. And uh, so we go from Ava Gardner to Omar, who was in the Mars Volta. And uh, Omar was an anti-mask with Travis Barker. And Travis Barker to Tom DeLonge. There you go. Had to do it to him, too, with Travis. I didn't want to, but I had to. It's kind so of I decided a, to go a weird way. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. The more we do this... So now we can get to people that aren't just like related to Tom. So like there's Tom, which is the, the inner dot and then the, the outer circle, which would be like Mark, Travis, Scott, people that have worked directly with Tom. And then there's the outer circle for people that have worked directly with people that have worked directly for Tom. And then now yeah. we're, we're at the point now where we can get to almost like anywhere in the outer circle and be fine. <laughs> I know it's, it's weird. Pathetic. We've, we've come along. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy how small the music industry is. It is. It really is. It's super fucking small. And how many of these artists have worked together? Dude, that's yeah. what like that's what I'm so like just completely. If we're going completely off topic here, because I'm going to do what I want. It's your well. pod, but I'll do no what restrictions. I want. No restrictions. So like Nick, he um, he plays trombone, right? Yes. In the school. Your stepson. In the school um, orchestra. I guess, mm-hmm. but he uh, he had an option between trombone, trumpet, and violin, and I was like, "Dude, play the trombone," and he was like, "Why?" I said, "Because everybody plays the fucking trumpet. Like, he, trumpets are a dime yeah. a dozen, dude. Like, like you talk about 
how, how many like how many trumpet players do you know? You probably know at least five, six of them. But how many trombone yeah. players do you know? Willie Cologne, that's it. That's it, yeah. And maybe some ska players, but even then you don't really know their names. But most of them are, are trumpet players anyway, and and so it's just it's just like, do you play the trump play the trombone? And so now he's realizing because he's starting to play more concerts and he's getting more solo time because yeah. there's five trumpet players and he's the only trombone player. I was like, I'm telling you, dude, like you can make good money just doing studio work and you know taking it back to like Josh Freeze who makes a killing just doing studio work and not being in like a real band but getting all the benefits of being in a real band yeah yeah and like that's that's where the money's at and so when we say like the music industry is really small it's because these bigger than name these bigger than life names like pink like they're not bands it's just a person their band that they play with that per that per that studio musician that plays the trombone that plays the trumpet probably makes a fuck ton of money playing trumpet for a thousand other albums that they don't even give a shit about. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of them might even get songwriting credits. Dude, that's like, yeah. that's where the real money's at. You, you get paid 20 grand for, for three days of studio work and you, mm-hmm. you don't got to go on tour. You don't got to do anything. Oh, yeah. I remember, on. I remember Josh Free saying that, that when he, back in the nineties, that was like the, the high time to be a session musician because everybody was making records and record labels were putting out or they, they were, they were signing unknown artists and then making records, but never putting them out. But then they would still pay Josh freeze for doing the session work. So he was saying like he would make more money than the signed artists whose albums were never released. Oh, and, and, but he said like once like Napster and piracy started, he said after that, like that's when everything tanked. And that's when all the session stuff kind of ended. And then that's when you saw him like join bands, like A Perfect Circle in 2000, 2001, Nine Inch Nails, you know, all these bands he started joining because he wasn't getting as much session work. But I, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit into the music world, how he was making more money than a lot of these signed artists just for playing drums for like two days. And that's the, that's crazy. A, that's a core that's a core instrument in a band right the drums mm-hmm. like if, like if we're getting yep. if we're getting deeper into like like the trombone like i don't know do you just imagine how little work you would put into laying down one trombone part for one track on a pop album and getting paid yeah. 8 grand for a day's work and then you go home and you're you're exactly. there for 4 hours like that's that's unreal I know to play probably like five notes, like <laughs> yeah, one seriously. bar of music to play like one or two bars of music. Just one bar. That's it. <laughs> Eight grand. Yeah, because nobody else can do it because everyone fucking played the trump the trumpet when they were a kid. No, you're totally right, you're totally, dude. And then totally and right. then like going forth and then too like today he he told me he was like oh yeah like our class we had to choose from a list of like two hundred uh, people to do a biography on. And mm-hmm. and he was talking about like people were choosing like Hitler, people were choosing like George Washington because they're big names. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, who did you choose?" Like, I chose this guy named Brian May. I was like, "Wait, Brian what? May, the fucking guitarist for Queen?" He's like, "Yeah, you know him." And I was like, "Oh, bro, crack my knuckles, like twisting my head side to side." <laughs> let, let me show you. Let me show you these vinyl records. <laughs> so let me tell you something, kid. Let me tell you something. So that, that was fun. That was, that was that was good. That was good. That's cool. That's super cool. But yeah, can, Hitler to George Washington to to Brian May. <laughs> well, then I, was, I asked him. I was like, I, I said, I, I said, are, are you doing like a presentation? Is there anything you should do? 
Cause I I was like my the, the wheels were turning. I was like, maybe I can bring like my vinyls in. He can like show. I'll give him all my records. He can show him like what Queen's discography looks like. Cause I have now like six Queen records. I was like, yeah. maybe he can bring in like a guitar. And then I was I was like, dude, did you know Brian May like built his first guitar when he was like fourteen with his dad. Like he knew nothing about guitars, and his dad and him built a he they built they sanded the fucking wood, whatever <laughs> yeah. you do to wood. They built their own guitars. Like, oh yeah, I read about that already. And he started spitting back like facts, and I was like, oh yeah. The, back and forth and it, was, it was good and how he doesn't use a pick he uses a coin yeah dude it was a cool. six the, cool the, the, the first thing he did was a six pence like that was that was what yeah. he used to begin with i think he still does i i don't think he plays with a pick even to this day I and mean, he still has phenomenal hair like he's just a very <laughs> probably not his <laughs> real hair colors it's just it's just a good it's good looking hair it's a good looking head of hair he's got so there's hope there's <sighs> hope for kids in music there's, there's hope yeah but it's it's tough it's still tough because yeah well, it's because his his music teacher is super dope. His music teacher is really cool. He uh, they're doing a concert, and yeah, they're doing like all the classics. Like they did "Ode to Joy," and they did a lot of hot cross buns to warm up of and stuff. But got to do hot cross buns. But like they did the Imperial March, and like the Imperial March was like is 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 a staple in their warm up practices. And like I've met his music teacher, and he's really cool. He's a little bit older than us, but he's just mm-hmm. a little dork, and he loves ska music and. His other main teacher is like a huge Foo Fighter fan, and so it's just it's cool to see, it's it's cool to see like you know younger people in in the academia world, yeah, enriching the minds of the youth, and so music is not quite dead, not completely dead, even though we are very pessimistic about music being dead. <laughs> I know, especially like post pandemic world with things getting shut down. And then chain reaction, like barely struggling to survive, and what I still think is going to happen. But like the Roxy and and the Viper Room are probably going to get bought out by like Live Nation, and more than likely, yeah. But like it's not music is not totally dead. It's struggling for sure. It's on its left. It's it's on life support, but it's not dead. Yeah, got to bring back the DIY venues, man. But that's never going to happen because I feel like if people start doing DIY events like bigger bands they'll be blacklisted from the Live Nation places, which like really pisses me off. Dude, friend of the pod, sure that friend happen. of the pod, John, went to Chain Reaction the other night or last yeah. Saturday. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, text me all these pictures and he's like, dude, check it out. And like, they, they, he could like walk in and it was, he was saying it was funny because all of the old scene kids from our day are now showing up with like their kids. Oh, that's crazy! And so that's like, crazy. This, it's like a museum now. It's it's, but that's like like that's sad. It's not a passing of the yeah. torch. It's more of a museum, and that sucks. One day, one day, hopefully soon. I, I miss I miss concerts. I miss them so much. I miss club con- like club concerts, not festivals. I miss club concerts. Well, we're going to the festival, right? That's the uh, yeah. I still need to buy tickets. But, I, haven't bu- yeah. I, haven't bu- I haven't bought my ticket either. Tammy was actually asking me about it this last. She was asking me about this last weekend if we were still going. So, yeah, I'm 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 so excited for that. So many fucking good bands. Oh my god, I'm yeah. so excited. A damn near perfect punk lineup. Yeah, get to see. I get to see some of my favorite musicians play too in that one day. That's like so exciting. I'm, I just I can't wait. Mm. I can't fucking wait. Mm. <sighs> okay. Anyway, let, let's let's get into the into the Boston rankings. The rankings. We're gonna do their their six records, uh, worst album to best album. So, what do you got for number six, Jeff? Go. Oh, 
Not ready, but that's okay. I was not ready. Uh, Corporate hmm. America, their their um, their fifth album. Okay. Two thousand two, I believe. Two thousand twelve or two thousand two? Two thousand two. No, uh, I don't know now. I think it was two thousand two. I think it was two thousand two. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, record, it doesn't yes. even fucking matter anyway because one, it was on Spotify, and two, it's it's gross. <laughs> that's why it doesn't matter. It's uh, like like okay. So for th- this is one we were talking about this morning, and and the the second song, I think it's called "Stare Out Your Window." It sounds like the iCarly fucking theme song. And oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot to listen. I'm sorry. And then that's all right. It sounds like the the fucking iCarly theme song, and it irritated me. And the more I listen to this album, I realize like this entire album sounds like it's trying to recapture a terrible sound from the late '80s to early '90s. Everything uh, on this album is just a bad pun of that era, but they're being yeah. serious. Like this is just bad and just plain stupid. I have no favorite song, and I will never come back to this. And I don't want to talk about <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> Number six is also corporate America for me. I agree with you every step of the way. There's no, there's not one good song on here. I have no banger, nothing, nothing even okay. It's through and through, just bad, boring. It's, I don't know why, what, it, what label would want to put this out um, because they're not going to make any money off of it. I just, I don't get it. And it is very strange that it's not on Spotify, but I don't know. It's, it's just not good. It's not good at all. So corporate America is my number six as well. They're worst. So what do you get? What do you got for number five? No, number five is not much better. <laughs> I think I know why. Number man. five is fucking live, love, and hope. Like, life, love, and hope. Oh, life, love. Who cares? It's fucking trash. <laughs> this is their last. This is their last album they did. This is, dude. This album sucks. This album it's is terrible. Shitty. Yeah. This this reminds me of a Boston cover band that only plays B sides. Remember in Step Brothers when when uh, what's the fucking guy's name? Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands did, yeah. but they only did like eighties Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a shitty Boston cover band that only played Boston B sides. Yeah, like this bad was, Boston. Like, this was so, like <laughs> this was they only played they only played Boston like in the nineties. This yeah, was it's, so it's terrible. This was so trash. And then like even the album title itself, if you if you can't determine that this is trash just from the album title, then then you're in for a world of hurt because this is trash. I don't have a favorite song and I don't care. I will never listen to this. And I have omitted this from the Boston discography. Because <laughs> the next four are at least semi enjoyable. Okay. All right. Uh my number five is also Life, Love and Hope. This is a god awful record. Uh it is it is just another attempt at I don't even know what because I don't know what they're what why they wanted to make this record or why Tom Scholes wanted to make this record. There's no there's no reason. And also Brad Delp was dead. Like yeah. it wasn't like so there are a bunch of like singers on here and it's just it's not good. It's not a good. very it's it's also too like a very so like Christian themed like re- religious themed album and it's but it didn't like extrapolate on that. It was just occasionally there'd be lyrics here or there that yeah. kind of like dove into like the, uh, a, a biblical sense. But otherwise, it yeah. was it's terrible. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was not good. Well, even even corporate America was that after Delp had died. I don't. I don't. I don't think he. Now. I don't think he died till like oh five or oh six. No, he he died in two thousand nine. Oh well. Yeah. I think it was two. Yeah, it was two thousand nine. He committed suicide. Very sad, but 
Um, those those two so, yeah. suck balls. So yeah, they're awful. Uh, so what, what do you got for number four? Okay, so number four, uh, third stage. That's fine. I I I I thought this would be my number four. Okay. Um, third stage. This is their third album, 1986. This was uh, several years after their first two. You know, it's called third stage. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. My 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 biggest problem here is with its lack of explosiveness. There's nothing here that comes in anywhere near as hard as, I mean, obviously side A of, of Boston's Boston, but like can't fuck all, with. all of Don't Look Back is is pretty explosive. But this is still mm-hmm. a decent enough record um, to to go back to, and I do own this on vinyl, and this is one that I like since I got it, since I I realized how good Boston was. This is one that I still contemplate getting rid of, but I never do because it's still it's still okay. But I think after this week I'm going to get rid of it because my number three is better and two is better. Um, but I like Amanda. Amanda's the, the the first track, the title track. Really? It's, it's the biggest song. It's catchy to sing along to and to yell mm-hmm. the word Amanda. I think it's so fun. It's just such a stupid, simple sing-along song. Can't go wrong mm-hmm. with it. It's it's an okay song. It's not. I don't think it's one of the best on on that record. No, I'd probably rank this one at like a a solid two. Like you should, if you're a Boston fan, you should listen to this one once, but never again. So then it shouldn't be a two. It should be a one. Is that what a one or is? Or one point five? Or no, a one is one is a bad album, but you should at least listen to it. So you should. Okay, give it a 1. yeah, 5. you're right. You're right. You're 1. right. I, I don't even know our own fucking ranking system. Apparently, even though we've been doing this for fucking four years now. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is this is a poster <laughs> child for a one. So yeah, this is a one, but like a good one, not a bad one. A good so one point five, a one point five. Uh, I don't know if I could do one point five because I don't remember any other song besides Amanda. <laughs> I'll do one point two five. One point two five. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so my number four is Walk On, their fourth record. Uh, this this album it really surprised me because it it took so much from 80s sound like the 80s sound and i i didn't like it at all the the guitar tone was it wasn't just like totally reverbed out like like a lot of 80s uh arena rock and glam metal was but it it was just it was super muffled like it was just not recorded well it just it sounded like like garbage it just did not sound good and the drums just it has that that anthem that arena rock sound from the 80s that i hate so much I just, I don't, I didn't think this was a very good record. I, I didn't, nope. I, I could not get into it. I, it was way too 80s, 80s arena rock for me. And I, even though it came out in 96 or 94 or something like that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, could not do it. Uh, but the, the one song that was, was good, was okay to good was the, was the title song Walk On just cause it was a little bit more energetic. It, it, had some good blues parts, um, some good switch ups on the drums, but overall, yeah, the, the album was eh, just not for me. I'd give it, I'd give it a one. I'd give Go it a, even. Yeah, a one out of three. Yeah, for sure. So that's my number four. Not very good. Walk on. What do you have for number three? Okay. Oh, that was my number four. I'm sorry. What do you have for number three? Here, here's here's where the craziness starts because I thought for oh, sure no. this would be number two. But this is now my number three. <laughs> You're so stupid. Based based off of one thing, so so don't look back. Don't look back is their second album, 1978. <sighs> this is my this is my third one. I don't I don't hate this one at all. I think it's really fucking Clearly good. You do. 
I think it's fantastic. This is a, for sure at least a two. So walk on is your number one. But but this is definitely a follow up to their debut. <laughs> so they're they're redoing the sound, but it's not grabbing the way the first one did. And I guarantee you, if you took out fuck, it's hard. If you took out like long play, uh, and then you know the 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 biggest song, which I don't want to even say because then everyone will know. But out of Boston's Boston, if you take out the biggest two songs, if you just left peace of mind on the front side and all the back side, you could still hum choruses. You could still repeat what's going on after the yeah. album was over. Don't look back. You can't do that. You can't do that as well as you can Boston's Boston. So for True. that, no, you're right. You're right. For that fact alone, I rank this as a three, <laughs> and I don't have a favorite song. What? But but I will Dude, say. You, but I will say. Are you wait wait? Are you like <laughs> overdosing on stupid pills or what's going on with you? But, but I will. What's say, going on with you? <laughs> what's but, going on? But I will say that if, the amount of times I listen to Boston's Boston this week, I always followed it, followed it up with "Don't Look Back." I just I can't I can't not do it. You have to. Yeah, you have to. It's. Uh, it's like listening to foreplay and then not putting on long time. It's, long you, play, yeah. you can't. You can't. You can't do it. So, so don't look back is my number three, and I have a good reason Fuck, for for so my number dumb. two being number two. There's no good reason for it. No, there's a good reason. Um, <clears throat> then my number three is the third stage, third record. I I think this song. I mean, I, fuck. I think this album is is good at best, at best. They they just they lost so much of that like energy and the the excitement of the first record and the second record that they just they never recaptured. You know, and it, it sucks because I mean, obviously, Boston's Boston is fantastic, but I don't know. It has this this the third stage. It doesn't do it for me really. Um, it's just it's lackluster. It, it's a, this is when obviously they were they were kind of kind of delving into the '80s sound, which I obviously I fucking hate. Um, and the one song, the only song that really stands out to me is "Cool the Engines," but even oh, that's that, the that's, fucking worst one. That, it's writing the line of being that is the worst song they did on that yeah. album because it was like it was like oh yeah our first two albums are dope but let's cool the engines and write a shit song that like that's what that <laughs> fucking song meant to me oh that song was awful I yeah the song you. is not the song is not that great no I'm, I'm with you the song is not that great but it's the best on this record i don't think this is i don't think it's that great of a record it's so oh, lackluster Amanda. it's so lackluster it's unfortunate because I mean, this band just put out some absolute fucking bangers. So, um, so yeah, that's my number three, third stage. What do you got for number two? Number two, I Boston, Boston. Here, no, you don't. I know you don't. No, I don't. That. It's, it's, I know. it's walk I'm, on. You can't. You can't fool me. You can't <laughs> fool me. <laughs> can't juke Junebug. No, you're you right. Can't, I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> you cannot juke Junebug. We've tried. We've tried, but oh. can't happen fucking guy yeah walk on this is their fourth <laughs> album um i had never even heard this album till now until this week i've always been a three album boston guy so rightfully so rightfully um, so dude walk on this one this one tried really hard to sound like their first two like i get it the beginning and end of this album are pretty meh like at best but holy shit that middle portion is a fucking banger. And that's that alone is what elevated this to the number two spot. It's this little it's this little sweet to borrow like a, a term from our, our 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 friend of the pod skip, Chris, over there in the <laughs> European nation. 
it's this little suite and it starts off with walking at night, which is just like an instrumental. And then it goes into this, to the hard rock and walk on. And then it veers back off into this instrumental thing only to use walk on as like this coda to finish this piece off as an, as a whole. And it's really, really good. It's 12 and a half minutes of a fucking damn near perfection. And it's old school Boston style, but it rocks harder than anything we've seen post side A of Boston's Boston. Uh, I mean, I know, I know what you're talking about. That part is good. That those those, those songs, but fucking, I was they're good. Dude, but I, oh my god, it was the rest so of the album. Good. No, I mean, if you take that out of the rest of the album, the album is not good. Well, if you take the rest kind of, of the album out of that, then that's fucking the best thing they've ever done. So, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. It is not. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, dude, that that twelve and a half minutes of of Boston just just ripping and just going along and really grooving, that is, <laughs> that's damn good. That's number two status. It's not number two status, but it is a good part. It is it is a very good part. <sighs> okay, so my number two is "Don't Look Back." Second record, uh, title track is the best song on here. Uh, it has a lot of the the really good, great melodies from the first record, but it is an extension of the first record. I I have a lot of fun listening to this record. Much like you, you kind of got to listen to this record after you listen to Boston's Boston. It's just you got to do it. Um, but yeah, they 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 kind of like steered away from the prog stuff, which kind of sucked, and they mainly focused on trying to write like big melodies, big hooks, and it was it was good. It wasn't exceptional, but it was good. So. Yeah, that's don't look back is the um is my number two. So that that leads us to our number ones and luckily it's the same and you're not stupid. Well it's, uh, it's untouchable. <laughs> yeah. You can't it's Boston's Boston's. Boston's Boston. So uh yeah, that's it. Uh go listen to the main episode because we are getting into that record, their debut record. Go to iTunes, go rate review and subscribe to us on their follow on social media at us on iRadio. And that's it. That's all. David Jeffy.